Well, the Herald article read, serial sperm donor Kyle Gordy will soon have 58 kids and is coming to New Zealand. What's wrong with that? Well, let's find out. So, as you may have heard, both a recent Law Commission report and a private member's bill by Labour MP Tamati Coffey are an attempt to loosen the rules around surrogacy and sperm and egg donation. And this new proposal will, amongst other things, make it easier to find surrogates and donors from a register, may include some level of payment, and would record some of the details of the biological parents who provide the embryo or the cells for the pregnancy. But what is it like to find out that your true biological father's only involvement in your life was the donation of his sperm? What if the biological parent doesn't want any contact? The identity of donors can remain anonymous, or they may refuse contact, irrespective of what the child may want. But as we know, children have a deep longing to know who they belong to, where they come from, and who they look, uh, who they look like. And there was a report in the New Zealand Herald which didn't help the argument for loosening the restrictions in this area, and basically highlighted just how harmful this can all become. Let me read some of it to you. Uh, it says, well, he's got 47 children around the world and another, another 11 on the way. And their mums, a mix of lesbians, women in heterosexual relationships and single mothers all use the serial sperm donor, Kyle Gordy, and keep in touch with him via a group chat he set up. How nice. Uh, now he donates by artificial insemination and natural insemination. Often women will come to his house in Santa Monica, California, had to be California, so he can donate while others fly him around the country. He's recently been on a donation tour of Europe. But the practice has been slammed as unsafe by a fertility expert here, and a group of donor-conceived Kiwi adults are sounding the alarm. But Gordy believes that uh, he's helping women desperate to have a child. In June last year, the Herald reported that Australian sperm donor Adam Hooper, who had more than 20 children, was also planning to travel to New Zealand to donate. Uh, and Gordy has been donating since he was in his early 20s, spurred by finding it hard to date in Los Angeles. <laughs> Wonder why he finds it hard to donate, uh, to find a date in Los Angeles. <laughs> um, about... Twice a year, a, a woman requests donation the natural way, as they believe it would, will be more effective, Gordy says. He claims he once had sex with a woman while her husband waited at home. I don't think he minded, really. He just wanted to make her happy. Yeah, right. He says a lot of people are probably going to say, well, that's a lot of children, but I have a little chat group with all my mums, so all the mums know each other and keep in contact. Yeah, nothing about the children keeping in contact, knowing their siblings. Um, and he says, I'm only really planning on planning on probably getting one, maybe two people pregnant in New Zealand. How charitable. He says, I heard in New Zealand at the banks, uh, it's a three-year waiting list. How absurd. He says, he's not sure if he wants his own children, saying part of the reason he donates is because he still gets financial freedom. Ah, there you have it. Maybe not so charitable, it's about the money. He says a Ukrainian woman he donated to chose him as she wanted a donor who was actively involved in the child's life. 
he has offered her and the child his last name. Oh, apparently that's actively involved, offering your last name. He says, anything I can do with the kids or the mums that's reasonable and not going to cost me anything, I'm happy to do it. Reasonable and not going to cost anything. Uh, welcome to fatherhood. Um, and one lesbian couple even asked him if he wanted to be part of a polyamorous relationship, but they ultimately decided it would be a stretch too far for their families. No kidding. Uh, Gordy believes his urge to donate stems from, this is the interesting bit, Gordy believes his urge to donate stems from being donor-conceived himself. He didn't find out until he was in his early 20s when his mum finally told him. He said, I've always had a weird suspicion because my dad didn't look like me and my mum would always brush it off. He says his mother attempted to find out the identity of her donor via the clinic she went through but was told he did not want to be found. About nine months after he found out, Gordy started donating himself. Well, interesting article. Now, he actually appeared on Dr. Phil, uh, and here's a little promo that they did for it. And has fathered 40 children. 40 and uh, 11 on the way. He says he donates to help couples in need with his great genes. I've already met quite a few of my kids. They're not your kids. And expertise. You want to be the number one... Fertility doctor. You don't have one day of training as a fertility doctor. I don't have the education and training on it, but I have the experience. Next, Dr. Phil. Yeah, well, there we go. Uh, now, Dr. Phil had a couple of guests. One was Dr. Potter, a board-certified reproductive endocrinologist and fertility specialist who said that what Gordy was doing was reckless. Dr. Potter, what do you make of all this? I mean, I think it's, it's reckless. I mean, I, I feel that, you know, consenting adults, if they want to make some kind of arrangement to do something like this, it could be done in a much safer and less hazardous manner. The other aspect of this that concerns me is the number of children that he claims to have produced. Um, and it creates an environment where maybe not in this generation, but the generation where that little girl, when she has kids, there's going to be the potential for unwittingly entering into a consanguineous relationship, which would, you know, result in children having a higher incidence of various genetic diseases. Particularly because of the yeah, and listen to what the family therapist said, because he's pretty blunt. did some evaluations. What did you find out? Well, physically, I did some routine blood work. Everything was fine. You know, we reviewed them off stage, and they all look good. It's your mental health that I'm concerned about. Do you think that you just made the, the best decision in the best interest of that little girl to bring her here and do that to her? The parents chose to do it. Like I said, I think it was, I support whatever decision they want to do. And but I think it was a great decision. That's you being in denial of your narcissism. Because whether you like it or not, you're stroking your ego every time you have a child. Or you can say you've done this. And it's irresponsible. Yep, well said. Um, look, in a stuff article a few years ago, it was reported that a Australian wealthy sperm donor who has more than 24 children pleaded to keep his identity secret because he feared his offspring would want to contact him and establish relationships. Shock horror. Now, fertility clinics in New Zealand limit the amount of children from a single sperm donor to 12. Yes, as many as 12. Although, as you can see by the article on the left there, uh, it's a bit of the wild west in terms of regulating the whole thing. Uh, fertility, fertility associates said that a single donor can donate up to five 
different families and we limit the number of children to 12 in total. But that's only the ones that they know about. You know, despite the greatest intention of lawmakers, there's no mandate that a donor is to be involved or will want to be involved in the child's life. It may still effectively be anonymous, except for the disclosure of some of their genetic origin. Now, last year, the Commission on Parenthood's Future released a report, We Are Donor Conceived, and most of the participants were between 20 and 40 years old. They were asked to reflect on what it was like to learn that they were donor conceived. And the top five most frequently selected words were shocked, confused, curious, numb, and sad. But more upsetting was that 71% agreed with the statement, the method of my conception sometimes causes me to feel distressed, angry, or sad. And 88% of respondents believed it is a basic human right to know the identity of both biological parents. And that's because they want to reach out to them. The documentary Anonymous Father's Day, which is from 2013, explores the stories of women and men who are the children of sperm donors, and we should listen to their concerns. Here's a little clip. Find my biological father because he is an important part of my life. I wouldn't be here without him. I want to look in his face, or at least look at a picture of him, and I know that I'm gonna see myself. I look in the mirror and I don't know who I look like. Until I was 20 years old, the only thing I knew about my biological father was that he was blonde with blue eyes and he had a college degree. My sister and I set out on a quest to see if we could find anything more about the man who made us and the 500 or 1,000 half-siblings that I have. I thought, wow, I'm one of the first produced by science and not sex. Should we be conceiving children in the first place who will be deliberately denied the ability to know and be known by their father? It's quite possible to be grateful for your life and question aspects of your conception. I want to know that story. I want my children to know where they came from. And if I don't find them, it won't be because I didn't look for them. Yeah, as I said before, children have a deep longing to know who they belong to, where they come from, and who they look like. You know what? It's time we put the rights and needs of the child front and center in this whole debate. <laughs>